Here we are, already in the middle of November, and in case you hadn't noticed, the church is focusing on death and the end of time during this part of the calendar year. You see, the church year is almost over. The leaves are falling, the days have gotten shorter, and it is mostly dark outside. These images cause us to think about death and the end. For example, we started out this month of November coming to church for the solemnity of all saints. This Mass is focused on those very holy people who have died and have been named saints with a capital S. And then the next night we came again this time to celebrate the Feast of All Souls. This Mass is focused on our loved ones who have gone to their eternal rest, but it's especially important for those who have died in the last year. And you can see their pictures in the displays at the back of church. During the All Souls Mass, we prayed for those who have died, we have prayed that those who have died will go quickly to see God. And we also pray for an easing of the grief for those who are left in life. And as we're closing out our church year, we're also thinking about the end of time. Today's second reading was from Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. One of the concerns the Thessalonians had was what should they think about the members of their community who had died before the promised second coming of Christ? Had these people died in vain? Paul will answer this question by essentially saying that Jesus' return isn't going to happen anytime soon at least definitely not as soon as those in Thessalonica were expecting it. Paul says nobody needs to worry because God will take care of all those who died believing in Jesus. But having heard this second reading, when we hear, our, hear the gospel, our minds sort of automatically go to the end of the world. And we may incorrectly assume that the moral of the story is that five of the ten young women get locked out of heaven because they weren't prepared and had to go leave to get more oil. But how would the people of Jesus' time understood this gospel reading? In the chapters of Matthew before today's reading, Jesus is talking about the coming of the Messiah and the destruction of the temple of Israel. His message was meant to warn the Jewish people that they had better keep alert or they would get caught in the revolution against the Roman occupiers and the destruction of the temple. One commentator I read suggested that the way to read this parable is in light of the wise man and the fool 
from way back in chapter 7 of Matthew. And based upon similarity to these previous stories, it would be interpreted that the wise virgins of this passage have the oil of good deeds in their lamps, and the foolish virgins must go out to get more because they haven't done enough with their lives. They essentially miss meeting the Messiah and are locked out of paradise. But keep in mind that the Gospel of Matthew was written for primarily a Jewish audience. While this may have been the way it was understood by the Jews at the time, we know that our good deeds cannot buy us entry into heaven. That is done by the grace of God working through us. So no matter how we slice up this gospel story in order to understand it, we have only seemed to come up with a dreary interpretation. Where do we find the good news in this gospel? Well, I want to point out that the gospel says that all ten young women fell asleep waiting for the bridegroom. The gospel acknowledges the fact that we all get distracted and caught up in our own day-to-day -day concerns. Maybe we've become frustrated by life not meeting up to our timetable. Is it possible that we don't have enough oil of patience with us and our lamps go out? The good news for us is that God knows our human natures. He knows we won't be perfect all the time. No matter how hard we try to meet his expectations, we will end up all failing sometimes. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. The gospel praises the five young women who came prepared. They were wide awake and returned their focus to what they were sent to do. They were able to meet the bridegroom and they did it. They were there to meet the bridegroom and they did it. Then they were welcomed into the wedding banquet. But the other five women couldn't recover from their sleepy and distracted state and missed an opportunity to see Jesus. And they ended up missing out on what they had set out to do. As I close, I want to challenge us all. In some way, all of us are like the young women of the gospel. We are all in a sleepy state and only half awake to the presence of God. As we start to get ready for the coming new year, let us all shake off that sleepy state and become fully awake. Jesus and the celebration of the Eucharist, that's our destination. This is what we have set out to do. So let us all be thankful we've been invited. And let us be ready to meet him, our bridegroom, at the altar. Let us have our lamps shining brightly because they are filled with the oil of good deeds. And let this be our wedding present to Jesus and thanksgiving for the invitation 
to be with him. Amen. Having heard God's word, 